What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Shoot Your Shot Sports Podcast. Opening weekend of the NFL season is finally upon us, so today we're going to talk about some things that we're excited to watch this weekend and introduce a new betting segment, including a competition where listeners can win a $100 StubHub gift card. Also going to talk about the NBA playoffs as the conference semifinals are winding to a close and touch on some other news in the sports world. Episode 13 coming at you right now. everybody and thank you for tuning in once again i'm landon pangburn along with my brother and co-host preston pangburn we've been building up to this for a while now but football is finally here p how you doing i'm great we got football starting up tomorrow with the chiefs and the texans we're we're sitting here watching game six of the eastern conference semifinals with the celtics and raptors i am currently in the middle of my fifth and final fantasy football draft of the season so it's it's sports galore sports heaven i feel like i'm in my natural habitat i'm not sure how you manage five teams i feel like at that point aren't you just rooting for and against every player in the nfl Yes, it's kind of a nightmare. Um, I was in four last year and, well, I guess three of my own. And then they did a girls league where I helped Tori kind of manage that one and somehow ended up in the championship of all four of them. No way. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. We're about to talk about some things we're excited for in the NFL this weekend. One thing that I'm extremely nervous about is something we've mentioned before is our guillotine for the first time ever fantasy football league where the last place team gets cut every week. And I'm absolutely terrified as a sports podcaster that I'm going to have to come on here and confess over the air that I got eliminated in week one. I just want to get through week one and I'll feel much better. (laughs) Yeah, I agree with you, but I'm a little bit more scared than you are because I'm the commissioner of the league. So if I lose, I have to go in and delete all of my own players, which will be a very (laughs) degrading experience. And then I'll have to continue to do that for 15 more weeks when I'm not even in the league anymore. Yeah, that would be brutal. I'm, I mean, if I get eliminated week one, I'm probably just going to pick back up the cleats and uh, start some fantasy baseball again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't a, blame you. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, so let's go ahead and start off by talking about NFL. Like you said, Chiefs and Texans start tomorrow night, Thursday night football. But we've also got a full slate on Sunday and then a couple Monday night games. What are you most looking forward to watching in the NFL this weekend? Well, you got to start with tomorrow night. I mean, there are a ton of storylines from this game with the Chiefs and the Texans. They squared off in the second round of the playoffs last year. I think the Texans jumped out to a 24 to nothing lead. Chiefs came storming back and scored touchdowns on like seven straight possessions. So do the Texans come out looking for revenge? Do the do the Chiefs come out flat, you know, with the Super Bowl hangover? Looking forward to seeing if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire looks like he's going to be the fantasy stud everyone expects him to be or if he has some bust potential. So there's a lot of storylines going on here. What are you looking for? Well, I'm looking for a few things in particular. One, I'm really pumped to see how many series Mitchell Trubisky lasts as the quarterback for the Bears. <laughs> What's the over-under on that? Three and a half. Three and a half series? Yeah. I mean, God, I, I, nothing shocks me there. Yeah. Two, I'm looking for Phillip Rivers to see if his arm is quite as noodleish as you think it is. Because once he starts going out there and chucking tutties, I'm going to feel really good about my Colts pick for the division champions mm-hmm. this Noodle year. Noodle arm Phil doesn't have any more, man. Who's their backup? 
I don't know because they got rid of Jacoby Brissett, did they not? I don't know. I feel like they have like Jacoby Brissett, Brian Hoyer. They probably have all of them. Yeah. Who yeah. knows? Andrew Luck's on, on speed dial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, lastly, I want to know how hard the Jags are going to be tanking for Trevor. Like, will they punt on second down? Will they need the ball on fourth and one? You never know. We'll see. You never know. Yeah, maybe they take a page out of the uh, Bobby Boucher playbook and just punt and hope that they have a linebacker that can kind of score points for them. Yeah. I read an article on ESPN today from Bill Barnwell talking about the road to the Super Bowl for all 32 teams. I saw that article. (laughs) I was like, I have to pop this open and see what the Jags road is. And it wasn't like terribly stupid. It was just saying that that's a pretty bad division and said something about how the Giants went nine and seven and (laughs) got hot in the playoffs. Obviously, they're not going to go nine and seven. But anyway, yeah, the Jags are going to be tough. They're going to be bad. Yeah. But some things that I'm actually excited about, the biggest thing is just kind of some new faces in new places. Really excited to see Tom Brady and Gronk in Tampa Bay. Excited to see Cam Newton under center for the Patriots. That's going to be kind of weird. Also, DeAndre Hopkins, you already mentioned the Cardinals. Seeing DeAndre Hopkins jump into that Cardinals offense, which is already pretty high octane, especially with Kyler Murray with the year of experience behind him. Plus, like Jamal Adams coming in, playing safety for the Seahawks and seeing how that changes their defense. I mean, a lot of new guys in new places that are going to be really fun to watch especially because some of them already jump into big games right off the bat. Like the Bucks play the Saints, which is a huge division game for week one. Seahawks play the Falcons and have a really good offense. I mean, there's just a couple of really good games. There are. And you mentioned Seahawks Falcons. It's funny because I picked the Falcons to make the playoffs this year, which would be a little bit of a surprise, but a bigger surprise is I picked the Seattle Seahawks to win the Super Bowl. So I, I yes. need, I need Russell Wilson and that offense to come out hot. And then you mentioned Jamal Adams. I mean, he's an absolute star at safety, a sleeper for a defensive player of the year. So if he comes out and changes things defensively for them i mean i think that they could make a run so i, I want to see how they look agreed also looking forward to a few of the big name rookies that got drafted at the top of the draft mainly the first two picks like i'm just really pumped to see what joe burrow looks like in charge of that Bengals offense also to see what chase young looks like coming off the edge for the washington football team and their first ever game with no name with no name they are the Washington football team but yeah Chase Young I think it's kind of a funny matchup in week one and his first ever NFL game against the Philadelphia Eagles who had their offensive line kind of decimated in Mm -hmm. camp I mean what an opportunity for not only him but Ryan Kerrigan to just kind of wreak havoc on those guys and who knows Chase Young could have a few sacks in his first game ever yeah that's huge and then you mentioned how you were really excited to uh, watch your boys the Seahawks play this weekend because you picked them to win the Super Bowl I'm excited slash nervous about a couple of the teams that I backed pretty hard last episode namely the Detroit Lions you're a big Lions guy if the Lions lose to the Mitchell Trubisky led Bears in week one I'm in big, big trouble. You're in huge trouble. I saw the Lions over under for wins on the season is I think seven and a half. So I hope that you have a big bet on that because otherwise, what do you think? And they're, they're going to win the NFC North at seven and nine. No, they're going to win the NFC North at 10 and six, 10 and six. Okay. Yep, All right. So down year for the Packers and Vikings. And then I'm also jacked up about Bill's mafia as always. I mean, I'm going to be so excited on Sunday. I might throw myself through a table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And light yourself on fire. <laughs> I'm not, no, I'm stopping short of that. Are, I'm, are they playing, the are they playing in Buffalo or at the Jets? That's a great question. Why don't we go ahead and figure that out? Because if they're playing at Buffalo, I really want to know how many fans are going to make it into the stadium. Yeah, they are. Let's see here. They are playing at Buffalo. Yeah, it's Jets at Bills. Okay, looking forward to that. That's another thing about this season that's just going to be so crazy, especially in terms of sports betting. I have absolutely no clue how to gauge how much home field advantage is going to help. Yes. Speaking of sports betting, do you want to go ahead and jump into it? 
Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so we have a new segment that we're going to start this week called Love It or Fade It. Do you want to go ahead and explain it to the people? Yeah, so Love It or Fade It is where we're going to give you the three most popular NFL betting picks from the upcoming weekend that the public is heaviest on, and we're going to talk about whether we love the picks or whether we think you should fade it. And we're also going to have a competition on Instagram where you can submit your picks for these three games and you become eligible to win a $100 StubHub gift card. And Lando, you want to go through that? Yeah, so basically, whether you listen to our podcast every Thursday or you follow us on Instagram, we're going to talk about slash post these three picks, and you can submit them to us either through Instagram DMs, or you can email your picks to us at mailbag at gmail.com, mailbag at gmail.com, and we're going to kind of tally those up in your picks against the spread. Whoever has the most wins by the end of the season will win a $100 StubHub gift card. So obviously, the more picks you get in there, the better chance you have to win. So go ahead and start jumping in on week one. Send us your picks on these three games we're about to talk about and get some W's on the board. All right. So Lando, let's start with week one. I'm going to go through these three games and let's talk about whether we love it or want to fade it. So number one, the public is 74% on the Steelers this week. The line is minus six. I want to say it opened up closer to like three and a half and has jumped to six, but the public still loving the Steelers. What do you think about this one? Yeah. So just to clarify, that game is the Steelers minus six at the Giants. And I am going to fade this one I'm on record in our last episode saying that I actually think the Giants are going to be pretty terrible this year, especially on defense, but you have to keep in mind that Big Ben missed almost the entire year last year, and there were no preseason games this year. I mean, they always talk about how you can't simulate game speed in practice, and Big Ben, at quarterback, has not played a like real game at game speed in nearly a full calendar year, so I think that the Steelers are going to win this game, but I'm taking the Giants to cover. Six points is a lot. I mean, usually when a line opens up at three and a half and moves to six, it's because the public is just kind of being donkeys, but I'm going to be a donkey with them. Oh, wow. I'm loving this one. I'm going with the Steelers. I know that Big Ben has not played since week two of last year, like you said, been out almost a year, but I just, this is more against the Giants than anything. I mean, the Giants are just kind of hot garbage. They They, are. They gave up the fifth most passing yards in the NFL last season. They did sign James Bradbury through a three-year, $45 million deal this offseason. He should help but they lost DeAndre Baker (laughs) to um, armed robbery as well to prison. Yes, Yes, eventually, allegedly, whatever. We'll see what happens. But anyway, I just, I think that the Steelers not only will score some points against them, but the Steelers are nasty on D. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how Danny Dimes is going to come out in his first game with a new offensive coordinator, new head coach. I'm taking the Steelers in this one, minus six. All right, we're coming out hot with a disagreement on game one. Let's do it. All right, let's move on to game two. So number two, Seahawks minus two at Falcons. The public is 72% on the Seahawks in this one. Lando, how you feel? I'm loving this one. I'm going with the Seahawks. I mean, I think offensively, these two teams are pretty evenly matched. The Seahawks had a really good offense last year. Got Russell Wilson back at the helm. They got a bunch of deep threats on offense. And they're getting Chris Carson back at running back. The Falcons have a really good offense too with a lot of weapons, including adding Todd Gurley and Hayden Hurst in the offseason. But I think the acquisition of Jamal Adams makes the Seahawks defense better than the Falcons defense, especially like I mentioned a minute ago. I think he's going to really going to really help out a lot as far as stuffing the run and rushing the passer. So I'm taking the Seahawks minus two. I love it. Yep. And I don't think I need to say much more about this one other than what I said earlier. I mean, I took the Seahawks to win the Super Bowl. So how am I not going to pick them to win in week one against the team that didn't make the playoffs last year? So Seahawks minus two. I got them uh, grinding this one out on the road. 27-24. That means a cover. Okay. I like it. And then what about game number three? 
So game number three, 68% of the public is on the Cardinals plus seven against the 49ers. I'll take this one first. I'm going to love it. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I like the, the Cardinals to cover this spread. I mean, the Niners might come out with a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. Historically, the team that loses the soup does so. So I like Kyler. I like him having DeAndre Hopkins, like you mentioned this year. They're going to come out gunning Cliff Kingsbury offense. Let's go. All right. Well, I'm actually going to disagree with you for the second out of three. I'm fading this one. I think that a lot of this public pick is due to the hype train. And I'm part of the hype train as well. I love the Cardinals. I love their offense. I think Kyler Murray is going to be a star someday. And DeAndre Hopkins is a huge name addition. But I mean, that aside, I still don't think that the Cardinals are even in the same realm as as good of a football team as the Niners. Like the Niners are a really good team. They made it to the Super Bowl last year for a reason. The Cardinals won like five games last year. I mean, I think there's a huge discrepancy in the talent level of these two teams. I'm going with the Niners to cover. I feel yeah, and when you kind of dissect the Cardinals, I think their two biggest areas of weakness are their passing defense and their offensive line. So when your offensive line tends to struggle a little bit, you don't want to be going up against you know Nick Bosa and the boys. Yes, and then your pass defense. I mean the the Forty Nine ers tend to run the ball a little bit with their receivers Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk being out. I mean hopefully they can figure that out a little bit and not get murdered but i don't know i'm going with the cardinals in a backdoor cover they're going to be down 13 late the cardinals are going to come down the field and score we'll lose by six okay i like it all right so first ever love it or fade it we're going to disagree on two out of three don't forget these three games send us in your picks with the spread included and whoever wins the most at the end of the year is going to get a hundred dollar gift card Yeah, and hopefully the $100 gift card can inspire a little bit of hope. At some point, we're going to come out on the other end of this thing and actually be able to go to concerts and sporting events again. So hopefully you enjoy this as much as we will. Please participate. It'll be fun. Right, right. This moment, a StubHub gift card is not that great, but <laughs> but you know, six months from now, it could actually get you some places. What is what's the quote? It's about as useless as a poopy flavored lollipop. <laughs> yes, patches of hula hand. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it, it'll be worth more a few months from now. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on now. We're going to talk about a little bit of NBA basketball. We've got the conference semifinals winding down. First of all, the one series that has already ended is the Heat dismantling the Milwaukee Bucks. They beat them in game five last night to end that series. And they did it in the most current iteration of the Miami Heat fashion with nobody on their team scoring more than 17 points, just a diverse attack held them to under hundred. I mean, they're freaking awesome. I've said over and over again, how much I love the heat. What'd you see in this series? So I like the Heat too, and I'm intrigued to see how they come out in the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time since LeBron left. But I want to start with the Bucks, just because them being the one seed, having the back-to-back MVP and Defensive Player of the Year and Giannis, I think that's kind of the biggest storyline here. As a big overreaction guy, I just think it's really funny how people are already talking about, where's Giannis going? Where's Giannis going? I saw the odds came out today. Did you see them? No, I did not. So the odds I have off of our odd shark for Giannis in 2021 are Heat plus 300, Raptors plus 400, Pelican and sneaky in there plus wow. 500 and the Knicks plus 700 76ers plus 750 that's the top five to land Giannis and he kind of came out dispelling all these rumors throwing water on it saying I hope to build a culture in Milwaukee for years and years to come where we're competing for a championship every season so <laughs> I just think it's funny that people love to overreact like me and wonder where he's going yeah this is a huge story and based on a few conversations I've had I feel like we need to clarify something Giannis is still under contract with the Bucks for another year. He cannot leave this offseason. Like everyone seems to think that he's going to be gone in a matter of weeks and he's going elsewhere. And that's not a thing. But I told you it's the Bill Simmons theory. Yeah, it's pre-agency. pre-agency he yeah. is a current 
free agent. And if he wants to at any point, he can say, trade me, make sure you get something for me. Yeah. So one of the reasons that this is coming up so early in conversation is because of the whole contract deal. So if you're not familiar with kind of the ins and outs of NBA contracts, there's all kinds of different rules and they're designed and they're put in place really so that these teams who have star players have an advantage in keeping those star players. And so because of Giannis's service time and the fact that he's made all NBA teams on multiple occasions and also is about to win a second MVP, he is eligible for the Bucks to offer him a super max contract, which just means they can offer him a longer contract and a ton more money. So I think it's the Bucks this offseason can offer Giannis a five-year, $220 million contract extension whereas any other team next offseason would only be able to offer him four years and $140 million. So that's an extra year and an $80 million difference. So they have a huge advantage in keeping him, but obviously that's still up for grabs, and we're not really sure where he's going to go. $250 million goes a long way in Milwaukee. Yes, it does, for sure. That's a lot of beers. Yeah, and that's also not official because it's based on a percentage of the salary cap, and next year's salary cap has not yet been set, and we're not really sure what it's going to look like. It's probably not going to go up as it has in previous years because of all the revenue lost during COVID. But either way, it's going to be a big difference what the Bucks can offer him versus what other teams can. Right. So we will uh, have to revisit the topic of Giannis's pre-agency or future free agency, but let's talk a little bit more about the Heat. I mean, they finished the series four to one. They easily could have swept them. They look really good. If you had to pick right now, Heat versus whoever wins this other series, it's looking right now like it'll be the Celtics. Who you got in the Eastern Conference Finals? Man, that's a really tough question. I've already been thinking about that a little bit. I mean, we talked before the Heat versus Bucks series that we thought the Heat matched up really well with the Bucks, and I still really think they match up really well with either of these two teams. I mean, don't they? I mean, that's a pretty darn good matchup. I mean, especially if they play the Celtics, they've got really good wing defenders, just like they had a bunch of guys to throw on Giannis in that series. They've got a good number of guys they can throw on Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in the Celtics series. I mean, the Raptors don't really have that kind of like star power, but the Heat are also built for that because they're just a spread attack. I mean, they match up really well. Plus, Nobody on the Celtics or Raptors is really a good answer for Duncan Robinson. So I think uh, <laughs> <laughs> clearly, yes. So, so I like I like the Heat going forward. I mean, this matchup though, they don't have the uh, they don't have the advantage of point guard anymore, do they? I mean, as good as Goran Dragic is, he's not as good as Kimba. No, and he's also not a great defender, so he'd have a hard time stopping Kimba. Right, and then Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum kind of guarding each other on each end of the floor. That's an interesting matchup, maybe kind of a wash. So I don't know. When I think about this series, it's kind of like the Heat have the opposite advantage, and it's with the big guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bam Adebayo going up against who would it be? Daniel Tice. I mean, yeah. that that could be a big advantage for them there. Yeah, I mean. Like we said, Heat are looking good. I mean, I, I think the Heat are going to have a really good chance to make the NBA Finals. I think they would not match up as well, most likely, as whoever is going to come out of the West. But yeah, Heat he looking good. They are looking good. So let's switch over now from the one-seed Bucks over to the one-seed Lakers. So the Lakers took a 2-1 series lead against the Rockets last night. LeBron had one of his classic reminder games with 36-7-5, becoming the winningest player in NBA playoff history. What did you think about that one? Well, it was funny because you had asked me that trivia question just a few weeks ago about who the winningest NBA playoff player ever was, and it was Derek Fisher at 161 games. And now LeBron has won as many games as are in a normal Major League Baseball regular season, which is kind of crazy when you consider how that is that crazy. Is. Yep. That's wild. But yeah, LeBron was feeling it last night. He just had one of those random games we were talking about earlier where all of a sudden he just becomes an amazing shooter for one game and it kind of disappears for a few weeks and then he does it again. But yeah, LeBron was feeling it last night. Plus he had four blocks in one quarter in the third last night, just pounding stuff off the backboard. He was being a monster. I think the most pivotal player, not the best player, 
but the key player in the series so far has been Rondo. You're shaking your head. You think so? Yep. <laughs> yeah, he, he's changed everything for them. He has. I mean, we were talking about how historically, I mean, in the past, LeBron, especially when he was in his prime heat days, was a really good post player. I mean, he'd get down there, he'd bully people because he's so big and he's so strong. And in game one, really, especially in this series, he wasn't able to do that because he's playing point guard. He's the primary ball handle. He's trying to distribute the ball. What Rondo has done for the Lakers is take over when he's in the game with LeBron, take over those primary ball handling duties and allow LeBron to be in full on attack mode, including at times getting in the post. He's just killing people. He is, and it just allows the Lakers to, you know, give a couple different looks. LeBron, people have called him a small forward his whole career. He's always been a point guard. I mean, mm-hmm. he's always been primary ball handler. But yeah, like you said, giving him a chance to play off ball a little bit with Rondo in there. Rondo played 30 minutes, third most on the team behind mm-hmm. only LeBron and AD. He had 21 points and nine assists off the bench. I mean, he just completely changes the look of that rotation and gives them a big advantage on both ends of the floor. So yeah, I, I'm really excited about seeing Rondo back with them. I, I think that it's a completely different team with him in there. Yeah, as well as Rondo has played, and as good of a playmaker as he is, I am still concerned about the Lakers supporting cast. I mean, right now, series-wise, he's their third leading scorer of the series. And he's a really good player, but he's not a scorer. And I'm just not sure right now that the Lakers can win a series or even move beyond this with Rondo as their third leading scorer. Yes, he's going to be a key player, but they need some points from other places. I mean, I'm going to call him out again, but Kyle Kuzma needs to get on the board a little bit more or guys like Danny Green and KCP just have to shoot better. I mean, they just need more points from people other than LeBron and AD. Yes, they do. But overall, I mean, as long as LeBron and AD can combine for 60 points, I mean, I think that could get the job done. All they need is one other guy to step up and have a good game. And it doesn't have to be the same guy every game. They just need someone to play well. Yeah. And one thing that the Lakers did really well in game three was run the Rockets off of three of the three point line more. In games one and two, the Rockets averaged, I think, 46 three-point attempts per game. And in game three, they only had 30, which is not their game. I mean, they're trying to put up as many threes as they possibly can. And then another thing strategically is at times, I know this is weird because he's an all-star player and a really good player, but I feel like the Rockets at times are more dangerous without Russ on the floor. I mean, when they have four three-point shooters instead of three, because I don't consider Russ much of a three-point threat, like if I'm the Lakers, I want him shooting threes. I feel like they're not quite as dangerous. They've started playing off Russ a little bit and just giving him that shot, which is just kind of sad to see. But you're right. I mean, both teams shot 33s last game, which is crazy because the three-pointer is not the Lakers game at all. And it is an absolute staple of the Houston Rockets. So the Lakers are kind of forcing them to play their game. Yeah. And I think this is a good time to point out how the Rockets have just completely transformed the game of basketball. Like it's just almost unrecognizable from not that long ago. I saw this stat, which is wild. So far this year in the NBA playoffs, there have been more points scored from behind the three-point line than in the paint, which would be, if that continued, the first time in history that's ever happened. And then another stat, as recently as 2014, which is only six years ago, three-point attempts only accounted for 27% of all field goals in the playoffs. And this year, well, first of all, it's gone up every single year since then. And this year, it's up to 43% of all field goals taken are threes. Like, that is wild. The Steph Curry effect. Yeah. I mean, he, he really changed the game forever. I mean, it's, Revolutionary it's guy. It's partially Steph Curry, but it's the, it's the Rockets. The Rockets were the first ones to do it. I think the, the other number, I don't have this written down. It's in my head. But the Rockets were the first team ever several years ago to have more than 40% of their shots be threes and now every team remaining in the playoffs has more than 40% of the shots as threes. 
Wow. Yeah. So Mike D'Antoni, Rockets changing the game of basketball. Yeah, we'll see if it works. They're down 2-1 in this series. And I mean, I found game three to be the most discouraging game of them all. I think James Harden had 33-9-9. Russ actually got it together and played well. I think he scored, what, 30 points? So mm-hmm. yeah, them, them losing that when those guys played well, I, I don't think this series is looking good for them. I mean, I think the Rockets have at least one more win in them. I don't think it's the series is over yet, but the Lakers have definitely turned a corner. And like we already said, I think Rondo's made a huge difference. He has, but yeah, I just, I want to see game seven of this series because we have to see, like we talked about what happens in a game seven when James Harden wasn't able to go to the strippy the night before. Yes, that would it's be a, a big deal. It's a massive experiment. Yeah. We need to isolate that variable. We could almost rewrite history if we see a different result. Yes, we could. All right, let's move on to the other series in the West, which is the Clippers versus the Nuggets. Clippers won game three the other night to take a two to one lead. What have you been seeing in this series? So I saw a big missed opportunity for the Nuggets in game three. They led most of the way. They were leading going into the fourth quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, they shot seven for 22, got outscored 29 to 19 in the fourth and ended up losing by six. And now they're down two to one in the series. So it feels like the series might be slipping away for them. I think they really needed that one. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I predicted the other day that it was going to be four to two Clippers. I predicted the Clippers in six, and I still feel good about that. I think the Nuggets are good enough to sneak out one more, and that's probably about it. I mean, ultimately, I think this is the case of just one team being better than the other, which there's no shame in that. The Clippers are a really good team. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard both had great games. I mean, Paul George finally looks like playoff P and not pandemic P, which yeah. is huge for them. RIP pandemic P. Yeah, and then uh, they're so deep, like we've talked about a lot of times before. I mean, I love the Nuggets. I love the type of basketball they play. We just talked about three-point shooting as it related to the Rockets. The Nuggets, I think, are just a little bit short on shooting to really contend right now. I mean, they were 24th in the NBA this season during the regular season as far as three-pointers made per game. I mean, these days in the NBA, in order to win, it seems like you need a couple things. One, you need a few superstars, which I think they have. I mean, Jamal Murray has looked amazing since the restart and Nikola Jokic is already a top 10 player in the game the other thing is you got to have shooters I mean with how many three-pointers are being shot you got to have shooters and they just don't quite have enough yet especially given how good of a passer as a big man that Jokic is if they could surround Jamal Murray and Jokic with a few more guys who make a few more threes they could be really dangerous the next few years. They could. It just feels like they're one pretty good player away, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they just kind of need a big three there. Jokic, he's been unstoppable. He had 32, 12, and 8 last game, but Jamal Murray didn't play well. He shot 5 for 17, only scored 14 points. It just feels like to compete with the Clippers, they need to play a perfect game. They need, they need both of those guys to be on their A game, and it just didn't happen in game three. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think the Clippers end up closing this one out in six. Yeah, I mean, I think Michael Porter Jr. could be a big part of that solution for the Nuggets. I mean, he's looked really good in his limited action this season, so he's going to be a part of their future. But if they can get, like we were saying, one or two more just solid shooters, not even necessarily great players, but guys who can just make corner threes, open threes with the other stars they've got in that team, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do the next couple of years. I'm with you. And I like Michael Porter Jr. MPJ is an incredible offensive player. I've seen a lot that he does not put in the effort on defense. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen much on that, but oh, yeah. just one of those weird, like almost like, I don't know who to compare it to is Carmelo Anthony, Zach Levine, just an incredible scorer, really good athlete, but for some reason just can't play defense. And I don't know if you've seen or noticed this really, but He's one of those that when I watched their games, I didn't notice it necessarily. It's not like he is clearly bad at defense, but if you look at the stats afterwards, he gets murdered. It's not like it's a complete lack of effort, I don't think. It's just he's not good. He's just not a good defender right now. 
I mean, what is he, 6'9", 6'10"? Yeah. I just don't understand how you can be so athletic looking on the offensive end, but you can't play defense. I mean, I just, I don't buy it. Yeah, he's a good actor, I guess. I don't know. Right. All right, well, let's move on to this last series. The Eastern Conference semifinals between the Raptors and the Celtics. We're actually sitting here right now. The Raptors took the lead 94-91 to with five minutes left in the fourth. Lando, what do you think about this series? Yeah, I mean, I love the Raptors again. I feel like there's been several times throughout the series, including earlier tonight, where where like everyone just says the Celtics are a little bit better. The Raptors just don't quite have enough, especially in terms of star power to hang with the Celtics. But the Raptors, there's something something to be said about they're just a winning team. They just know how to win. They won last year. They're, they have a great coach and they're deep. I mean, if I had to bet, I'd still bet on the Celtics. But this is not some sort of like mismatch in terms of talent that people make it out to be. The Raptors are really good. They are really good, and I actually did bet on the Celtics to win tonight, so I'm a little disappointed they blew this lead. I was kind of worried for the Raptors earlier because Fred Van Vliet went down with that nasty-looking ankle injury. I thought his foot was going to fall off, but now I just saw him hit a floater in the lane, so I guess he's good to go. But we might be getting a Game 7 here, buddy. I hope so. I would love a Game 7, especially because it would wear these two teams down a little bit more so the heat can come in hot and go to the finals. A tired team does not want to see a fully rested Duncan Robinson. I can promise you that. Yeah, the Heat already actually decided to rest Duncan Robinson a little bit in Game 5. He only played like 14 minutes to rest up for the Eastern Eastern (laughs) Finals. Is that why he didn't play? (laughs) That's why he didn't play. They needed him so badly for the Eastern Finals that they they decided, let's let's scale you back a little bit. We only need to win by a little bit. I mean, the Bucks didn't have Giannis. There's no need for us to to waste Duncan's energy out there. So Mike Buttonholzer was very proud of that rest job. <laughs> yes, he was. Heard that, dude. Yeah. Well, Duncan's going to be ripping some nets. I hope they brought some spare ones to the bubble. Yeah, I hope so. But yeah, wrapping it up on the Celtics real quick. I mean, they're kind of playing in a fashion that we mentioned earlier about the Heat, where they don't need one particular guy to be their leading scorer every night. I mean, Jason Tatum has emerged as their star. He's been the guy some nights. Kimball Walker has led them some nights, and then in their big game five win. Jalen Brown led the way with 27 points. So any given night, they can beat you in a different way. They look dangerous. And I just, if you look at what the favorites are to be the Eastern Conference and Western Conference finals right now, I feel like it is an NBA dream. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you asked Adam Silver or any high ranking NBA executive before the playoffs started who the NBA's dream scenario would be, wouldn't it be Heat, Celtics, Lakers, Clippers. Yes, for sure. Especially what are the like the, the possibility of them reliving the old days and having a Lakers Celtics finals is pretty cool too. I mean, that hasn't happened in a while, which would be really fun. But in either way, this is just we've said it before, but either way, this is the most possible teams that we've had in a very long time that actually have a legitimate chance to win the NBA finals, which makes watching a lot more fun. It does. And I think any team left could win it other than the uh, the Nuggets. Yes, I agreed. Yeah, the rest of them all have a chance, which is really cool. It is really cool. All right, well, we're going to talk a little bit about some other sports before we wrap it up today. One other big thing that's happening in the sports world this weekend is that we also have some Power 5 football. The Big 12 is playing this weekend against a bunch of soccer teams, so there's not a whole lot to talk about there. But the ACC is playing this weekend, a bunch of conference games. they got a full-on schedule going on. What are you seeing on the ACC schedule this weekend? So the ACC, when I think about the ACC, I mean, nothing matters other than Clemson, right? I mean, I think you have a differing opinion there about uh, one of your sleeper teams in the ACC, but 
I just want to see how Trevor Lawrence comes out. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's kind of done it all in college already. He's won a national championship. So what he needs to do is win a Heisman. Mm-hmm. So I think he's going to come out hot, looking to win the Heisman this year and go number one overall, even if it means he's sentenced to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, but yeah, I just want to see how T-Law comes out. Yeah, I mean, so Clemson's obviously the favorite to win. You can't forget that Notre Dame is part of the ACC this year, and they're a really good team. They're a top 10 team this year. They did lose a bunch of guys to the draft decently high last year, so they're not going to be quite as good, but they're still formidable. I mean, they're a team to watch a little bit. And then you already mentioned I have a kind of sneaky team that I really like. I love what Mac Brown has done with North Carolina. They're a really solid team. They're a ranked team right now. I think they're number 18. They're recruiting really well. They're bringing back one of the best freshman quarterbacks from last year, who's now a rising sophomore in Sam Howell, who I think is fairly high on the Heisman watch list. I mean, he's a guy that you really need to pay attention to this year. If you haven't seen him play yet, he's a beast. I mean, we've already felt the effects of Mac Brown as Georgia Bulldogs fans. We just recently lost a five-star recruiting battle to North Carolina, which had you asked me three years ago, if that would ever happen, I would not have thought so. But they're up and coming. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to unseat Clemson anytime soon or even, you know, definitely not this year, but they're a team to watch for. They've got some momentum and I don't know how to feel about them because our dad went to the University of Texas. We grew up going to Austin every year for a Texas game and he never supported the firing of Mac Brown. So I don't know because if if Mac Brown makes UNC really good, I feel like dad's going to hate it. So yes. for their sake, I kind of am pulling against them. But anyway, I, I stand by the opinion that Clemson, they're the only team that matters in this conference. Notre Dame makes it a little bit more interesting, um, but it's probably just going to be a cakewalk to 14-0 and a playoff berth. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we already have to hear enough about how Rick Barnes can't coach basketball anymore because he left because <laughs> Texas didn't want him anymore. And then he took Tennessee to number one in the country. So we hear a lot about Rick Barnes and it's probably going to be the same for Mac Brown for a while. Can already hear it. Yes. Yep. Mac Brown can't coach anymore. Yeah, that's, that's word for word what he's going to say. He doesn't have to listen to this podcast and he's that's what he's going to say. All right. Let's switch now over to Major League Baseball. Not a ton of news, but it's crazy that we're already coming down towards the end of the season in less than three weeks. The Major league baseball regular season will be over anything major sticking out to you right now the yankees are just choking it away yes they are they are not any good weren't they your world series pick shut up (laughs) it's not over yet they're still gonna make the playoffs most likely who did you pick them to play against the dodgers okay well, it's we both terrible. have the Do- yeah. yeah. I've got the Dodgers avenging their loss from the 2017 cheating World Series against the Astros. So at least the Strohs, I think, are uh, going to make the playoffs. They're sitting at 22 and 21. They've lost seven of their last 10. So they're not looking great. But uh, with this updated playoff format, two teams from each division, they should be good to go. Yeah, we were just talking a few days ago about how the Yankees had like a 98 or 99 percent chance of making the playoffs. They're on a five-game losing streak right now, which has since decrease their playoff chances to 85%. So that's a big deal. Another division race, which has been the most exciting one for a few weeks now, is the AL Central. Right now, the Indians and White Sox are tied for the lead at 26 and 16, and the Twins are only a half game behind at 27 and 18. So three games, three teams, I should say, within half a game makes that really fun. On the other side, the Dodgers, we just mentioned them, are absolutely crushing everybody still. Right now, they have by far the best record in baseball at 31-12 and 12 with a run differential of plus 99. They're monsters. They're so, so good. Who's your favorite to compete with them in the National League? I mean, the team that I picked to win the NL Central at the beginning of the season was the Cubs, and that was because of their lineup, not because Hugh Darvish was just going to have this renaissance late in mm-hmm. his career and become like a Cy Young contender again, but that's what he's done. So I've got the Cubs, but anyone else you think can really play with this Dodgers team? The Padres. 
Isn't that it? Ooh, Slam I mean, Diego. I mean, they're the second best team in the National League right now, record-wise. I mean, they're, they're my, they might be the best, most talented team aside from the Dodgers in the National League with all those young guys, and they do have a decently deep rotation. I mean, not a bunch of superstars at the top of it, but they got some good pitchers. I mean, I think the Padres might have the best chance at beating the Dodgers. They might. I mean, I was going to say they don't have enough pitching, but my guy, Denny Lamette, yeah, crushing Denny it. Yeah, Chris Paddock's a good pitcher. They got a few guys. I mean, they have more pitching than the Braves do. The Braves have Tommy Malone, Robbie Erlin. Yeah, yeah, I love my Braves, but Mike Soroka going down hurt a lot, and now Max Fried has landed on the IL. That doesn't help at all. They're only a game and a half ahead of the Phillies right now, so the Braves will definitely make the playoffs, but they're going to need to uh, have some pitchers step up if they're going to make noise. For sure, and then a couple of uh, preseason picks that we had to catch you up on. Preston's Shane Bieber Cy Young pick before the season is looking really, really good. We were just looking at Major League Baseball, or I should say American League MVP odds, and Shane Bieber is currently the MVP favorite, which is absolutely insane. If you if you hit Shane Bieber not only for Cy Young, but for MVP, I just, I'm not going to know how to respond to that. You're never going to let me hear the end of that one. I probably won't. Hey, I'm a believer. I mean, that's what I get. I get rewarded for that. He, he got taken one spot ahead of me in my fantasy baseball draft. I was devastated by it, but I'm happy to see him playing well. At least he makes me look somewhat smart. Yes, he does. All right. And then one more sports thing that I wanted to point out. You might not care about this and you might turn this podcast off right now, but the English Premier League starts this weekend. Oh, a couple of years ago, I became a huge Premier League fan. Do you remember the background story of this? I Something about LeBron. I yeah. Think. yeah, basically. So I was just sick of the Warriors dominating everybody in basketball mm. and they were already killing people. And then they added DeMarcus Cousins, which at the time seemed like a huge deal. I mean, he was an all-star player, one of the best centers in the game. And so adding him on top of the other guys they already had, including the big three with Kevin Durant and everything, I was just like, I'm done with the NBA. It was my buddy and I. And we're like, we're going to boycott the NBA. We're over this. And so we're like, what other sport can we watch during this time? And English Premier League soccer was the best thing that was coming on. It was on TV and we're both LeBron fans. So we're like, why don't we support the team that LeBron is a part owner of? He got stake in Liverpool, right? He got stake in Liverpool. And it was also a good match because Liverpool was a good but not great team at the time. I think they had just come off a fourth place finish in the Premier League. So we didn't feel like we were jumping on any sort of bandwagon or anything. And they were also a fun team to watch. They were, they were the kind of kind of team at the time that scored a lot of goals, but didn't didn't play a lot of defense. So it was just high scoring, fun soccer games. And so we're like, we'll be Liverpool fans. We suffered through a pretty rough first season where they played really well, but still lost in a heartbreaker at the end to Man City. And then last year they won their first uh, Premier League in 30 years. So, anyways, English Premier League football soccer starts on Saturday. My boys, Liverpool, playing at 1230 against newly promoted Leeds United. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go, go Liverpool. Walk alone. Yeah, I, I'm glad you enjoyed. A lot of people love the EPL. You know, waking up at 5 a.m. to watch a 0-0 draw is not my definition of fun. But. First of all, you're a jerk. <laughs> the earliest games are at 730, but most okay. of the games are at 10. I was talking about Pacific time. <laughs> okay, most of the games are at like 10 or 12. They're in and out an hour and 45 minutes, and then you can just go about with the rest of your weekend. Love Premier League, Premier League soccer. Go ahead and check it out. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm not going to wake up at 4.30 a.m. Pacific time to watch right. a freaking EPL I'm game. I'm over you. I'll get out of here. <laughs> but my definition of fun is NFL football. We've got a full slate of games this weekend. I can't believe it's already here. Thursday night, we got Patrick Moneybag Mahomes against Deshaun Watson. We get to see Andy Reid, big red on the sideline with his 
thick mustache looking like a walrus. See if Bill O'Brien makes a terrible trade mid-game. Let's go. Heard that. I love it. All right. Well, if you haven't already done so, please leave some ratings or reviews for us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to follow and subscribe and also jump in on our new competition on Love It or Fade It. Send us your picks for those three games. Thank you all so much for listening. Hope you have a good day. See you soon. Thank you.